Welcome to the 76th episode of the Young Terps Podcast. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And we have a lot to get to on today's episode. Dave Lamonico of Terrapin Times will be joining us to talk about the Loxley effect and football recruiting. He's got a lot of guys that he wants to touch on with us here on the podcast. We'll also talk just a little bit of basketball with Dave. We also have Maryland's loss to Purdue from last night to get to. And the Terps are heading to the College Cup tonight to face off against Indiana for a third time. And before we get to all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a free, no obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, Mason, kick off the Mountain River Report, men's lacrosse on its first news of the season, and I'll let you take this one. Yeah, they were ranked number three in inside lacrosse's preseason poll. John Tillman, if you are listening, can I please get a lacrosse schedule? A lot of teams around the country have released theirs, and I'm just waiting for that Maryland. You know they're going to have a bunch of great games scheduled, and you know they'll play the gauntlet to get ready for May, and hopefully they'll be able to make it back to the Final Four for, I don't know, Bruce is probably going probably gonna to have words with me for not knowing how many years in a row that would be. I think it's like 2011. That's when they lost to Cornell, right? Something like that. Jordan, you're just, you're just digging me further down in my hole with Bruce. Now I can't even think <laughs> about it, and like 30 seconds have gone by. I apologize. Wrestling played their first match of the season and lost to Penn 26-6. to And we'll be honest, we have no idea what that means. So if anyone knows wrestling scoring out there, hit us up. Yeah, shoot us a DM. Um, I'll, I'll get in touch with uh, non-rev Todd about you know, how wrestling scoring works. But I know that when you lose 26-6, to it is not good. They will take on the Navy midshipmen, who's generally, that's a really hard team to beat in wrestling, just that Navy spirit. And wrestling go together, and they'll play that game tonight. I believe that's at the Pavilion in the Xfinity Center. The Lady Trips will be playing James Madison tomorrow at Xfinity Center. That game is at noon. And for those of you who still have it for some reason, that game is on BTM+. Plus. Don't attack our BTN Plus fans, Jordan. You know what? A lot of people like BTN Plus. It gives you a ton of content on Maryland. Another note on this game, Maryland will be doing their own teddy bear toss. I'm sure by now you've all seen that from the Hershey Bears, the Capitals AHL affiliate. Throwing 34,000 bears onto the ice, I believe. Jordan, we've been to a game there. What, that's 10,000, 8,000? It's like 9,500 people that threw 34,000 teddy bears onto the ice. And that video is um, It's great. I mean, it's for charity. So Maryland women's basketball will be having that tomorrow. And, you know, the BTN Plus just makes me think. A quick note on where Maryland, you know, used to be and how everything's changed. Maryland women's basketball and men's basketball, when it wasn't a big game back in the day, used to play on CSN, and every time I see the BTN Plus, even though I really don't think I would watch this game, given that Maryland men's basketball is playing later in the day, 
But I just miss those, you know, the Comcast Sportsnet days. Now it's all just so commercialized. I don't know. CSN games used to be, like feel authentic to me in a way. Like they, it felt like it was a Maryland thing, and I kind of agree. I mean, BTM Plus is cool, but I miss when it was free or you know, cable free. Cable free, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Former Maryland and Maryland offensive coordinator, and then last year the offensive coordinator of Florida State, Walt Bell, has been named the coach of the UMass Minutemen. Mason, you have a very strange connection to this event, don't you? I don't know if you want to call it strange, but um, NCAA football 2014. So I used to always win with Maryland. So Jordan finally sent me. He said, go to the worst team in the game. Choose to be their head coach, and let's see how far you can get. Well, the worst team used to be UMass. So the minute that I saw this, I was like, huh, Walt Bell's really taking a chance because UMass really hasn't gotten much better since then, but... If there's anything, and I know a lot of people really were fed up with Walt Bell's offense by the time he was done with Maryland, but he is a great recruiter. He's a great public speaker. He'll be able to generate a lot of interest, and the donors at UMass will love him because he's a guy that can really recruit. He can talk. He can he can do it. I b- still believe that Walt Bell can do it, and UMass, they need a guy like Walt Bell. They need a young guy with a ton of energy. And Walt Bell is that guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to a bowl game in two or three years or however many you know years UMass is away. Again, I don't really know because I don't follow UMass football, but I wouldn't be surprised if Walt Bell gets them going somewhere. Like I'm kind of surprised he got the job just because of how poorly Florida State's offense was. It's no secret that they had a very – they were the most disappointing team in football this season, no question about that. Oh, no – not only Florida State's offense, just Florida State in general. I mean, it's hard to go from a team that was 5-7 and seven to becoming a head coach. Yeah, and he did it. And he's taking a pay cut to do it, by the way. That is a fact. He was getting paid $600,000 a year at FSC. He was getting paid five seventy five at UMass. So he hey. may be one of the first coaches in history to take a pay cut to be a head coach. I don't know about that one, but that is surprising. Former Maryland running back Trey Edmonds, talking about the Walt Bell days, has joined DHB and Sean Davis on the Steelers' active roster. Trey Edmonds played a little bit last year for the – was it for the Saints? It was for the Saints. And now the Steelers rival the Carolina Panthers with three Terps on their active roster. And that must make uh, our Ravens fans out there really happy. Hey, you know what? If you're a Ravens fan, you should be happy because the Steelers have blown two games in a row. Now the Ravens are back in the race for the AFC East. AFC North, excuse me. And now to the main part of our rundown for the day. Maryland men's soccer taking on Indiana tonight, 1045 on ESPNU. And that game is in Santa Barbara, California. The third match this year, and I would like to make a correction. I said Maryland got blown out by Indiana the first time they played this year. Non-Rev Todd did um, address me on that. I was wrong about that. Maryland lost on a late goal the first time to Indiana this year and then in PKs. So, you know what? Todd said they were going to win on Turp Talk on Wednesday night, so I'll go with him. Maryland's going to take this game. Oh, man. You always leave it to me to be the negative person, don't you? Look, there's not much negative before you go on your negativity rant. 
there's not much to be negative about. You're talking about a team that took them four games to put one goal on the board. The fact that they made the Final Four in itself is a really good season. Maryland, as Sasho put it, belongs He's belongs in the Final Four. It's a Final Four program. They made it there. So, you know, I don't know how negative you can really be, but continue. Well, that was actually my rebuttal was that it's hard to be negative when you got this far after the start of the season they had. But my concern is that what you just said, actually. Maryland does not score a lot of goals. Indiana does. Indiana has scored five goals twice this season. Mm-hmm. They score a lot. And, yeah, Maryland's played them pretty well. And I'm not saying we can't beat them because we absolutely can. It's just that you have to wonder if we can keep pace with them if they get hot. Yeah. Um, your concern there is is very good. Maryland's a, a team, and soccer allows you to do this. They'll beat you one nothing. They play great defense. They have a great goalie. Dane St. Clair and Zach Stefan, are, they're on that same level. And everyone knows where Zach Stefan is going to make it to now. I mean, Dane is right there with him. And let's just say that Maryland does surrender a few goals because, you know, the goalie can't save everything in soccer. It's going to come down, and as you pretty much put it, to the season's test for Maryland men's soccer tonight. If you go down, let's say, 2-1, to one, can you score three goals and beat them? Can you push it to overtime and then into PKs? I think the answer is yes, but, you know, it's that it teeters around for this team this year. It's it's up and then it's down and then but I think Maryland's gonna come out ready to play because man are they hyped to make it to this point. Well, all I can say is this is really one of those things that we're gonna have to wait and see because soccer is a very random sport. And if Maryland can play good defense and keep Indiana's vaunted offense in check, then they could very much win this game. But even if they lose like you said, we, we've, we're we very happy to get to this point for this season, and I'm okay with if we lose this game. Uh, of course, I want to win, but I'm not going to be devastated if we lose either. Now, talking about things that devastated Maryland fans. Oh, no. The Tarps lost last night 62-60 to to Purdue in a game that, well, I don't know how to describe it. It was something. It was... I'll be generous. We'll call it poor offensive execution down the line at the end of the game. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, Just in general, it was a game that when it started, Maryland came out, and I believe they were up like 18-10, and they were playing well. They were Actually, they weren't really playing well. They had a great start to the game, but then the game slowed down. And I'm like, hey, this isn't going to end well, even though we're up eight right now, and then... I started, I watched Purdue miss shot after shot after shot, and Maryland come back and then do the same thing, miss shot after shot after shot, and I was like, huh, maybe you can win another game, you know, 60 to 50, 60 to 56, but playing in West Lafayette, as Bruce loves to point out, is a tough place to play, the crowd's in it, and Purdue started to make some shots, Carson Edwards is just such a great offensive player, and before you knew it, the game was tied, and then Maryland went down. Yeah, to get a little more in-depth than that, Maryland shot four for five from three to start the game. And they had players making threes that don't make threes. They had Durham Marcel finally making another three. Ricky Lindo made a three. And we were winning 
as you said, and then Purdue just got back in the game. Maryland went ice cold from three after that. They missed six straight threes. And we just, once we stopped missing shots, we just could not get going again. Yeah, and if this was a Purdue podcast, I would say, why did you let Maryland even have that last chance? Maryland couldn't make anything. You had so many chances to put them away. And then I'll reverse that back to the Young Terps podcast and say, you can't, when you're up by eight early in the game and the best player for the other teams on the bench because was he, Carson Edwards was in foul trouble, right? He got like one quick one and they put him on the bench for a few minutes. Yeah, he had, he had two fouls most of the first half. And so did Matt Harms, their center. When those two guys, who you know, I mean, Klein really wasn't doing anything without Carson Edwards out there. When those two guys, the two producers for Purdue, are on the bench and you're already up by eight points or five or whatever they were when you went out of the game, if I'm Coach Turgeon, I'm saying, here we go, right now, their best player's on the bench and really beyond him, they haven't produced very much. Let's go. Let's push. Let's get up by 14, 15, 16 points. Let's make something happen right now. But both of these teams just could not take the game from each other. Well, I think Turgeon was put in a tough spot because at that point in the game, both Jalen Smith and Bruno Fernando were on the bench, just rotation-wise. And as we really saw, and we will get, believe me, we will get into this, those two players are the entire offense for the team most of, for most of the game, often. Yeah, and I don't understand that one either. Same thing. I'm identifying the matchup. Harms is on the bench. Bruno, Jalen, somebody. Somebody, please. Put the best players on the court when the other team can't because of fouls. Make it happen. It's, okay, there's a rotation, but if you learn anything from sports, the plan isn't always the plan. Like, I know that Matt Harms is going to come back in, and that's when you want Bruno or Jalen Smith on the floor. But push while you're already up. I mean, you, you. it's like, even if you compare it to the school, like, it, to school, you get ahead, all right, I don't want to let myself get back to the point where I'm going to be behind. I want to keep on pushing ahead. I want to be ahead of the class. Well, there you go. You're up by 8. Go up by 16. But what does Maryland do? They put the two guys on the bench. They let the game pretty much let nobody score for the next three, four minutes. And then a guy that I personally, after seeing Carson Edwards, think is going to be the Naismith player of the year, go out there and just pretty much make a few threes and put his team back in the game. And, yeah, in the second half, Maryland just didn't have – they just couldn't make a shot. They were so bad from the field in this game, it was embarrassing. Maryland was – oh, no, just let me say this one. Yeah. Well, actually, both teams. Both teams were horrible from the field. Maryland was 43% from the field. Excuse me, 41%. And Purdue was 35% from the field. Both Neither team can make a shot for the majority of this game. And I just don't – I don't know what happened. I really do not know what happened towards the end of this game. Yeah, and a friend of our show, Kevin Sheehan – put out on his Twitter after the game, the last seven minutes of that game were just hard to watch. And then someone came out in the comments and said, any game that ends 62-60 to is hard to watch. I kind of agree with that. This game, there were times like when late in the game, Purdue made a big three and the crowd got really into the game where I was like, okay, 
we can get a strong finish. Both teams are going to, you know, get something going on offense. And then it just didn't happen. Maryland would miss an open shot. Purdue would miss an open shot. It just, you know, when it's a two-point game, it's really hard to say that the game wasn't very entertaining. But this game was just kind of there. It really ran out of gas towards the end. I think the big moment in this game is at around the six-minute mark, Purdue had a lead, 57-54. Maryland calls timeout. And then we miss a shot. Bruno gets the rebound and almost dunks over a double team and misses the dunk. Do you remember that? He Mason? almost dunked over Purdue's entire defense. I believe that's what the commentator said, but there were like four guys trying to get the rebound. He manages to get the rebound, and then he goes up strong and dunks it. I'll go to another Bruno moment where um, Bruno against, I believe it was three Purdue players, got a rebound, but it kind of fell through his hands, ball ended up on the floor, and Purdue ended up with a double team, and that's the same play where Matt Harms for Purdue did get hurt. There's another one. Uh, I'll point out another play that was kind of, I don't want to say stupid like that, but it was a little bit stupid, where Purdue threw a pass that went right through someone's hands late in the game, and Maryland got the ball back and couldn't do anything. I believe Maryland got the ball back and they turned it back over. It was like every time one team made a mistake, the other team could not capitalize, but at the end of the game, game was at Mackey Arena, so... When you describe a game like that, regardless of who the teams are, the home team is generally going to win, and that's kind of what happened. I suppose so. And here's something that I came up with when we were talking in our group chat during the game. I came up with, at this point in the game, in the last three minutes, Maryland's current lineup had a, did not have a single player that was not rated four stars had an average recruiting rating of 56.2 in the top 100 of 24-7 composites. And Purdue had one player that was four stars or above on the floor. Who is that? Who is the four star and above for Purdue? I think it was Carson Edwards. I'm going to double-check that real quick. But in the meantime, just how do you have that much talent on the floor and lose <laughs> and have that uninspiring an offense? Yeah, um, wrapping this up because we got Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times coming up to talk Mike Loxley and football recruiting. Um, it just comes down to coaching in Maryland. And here we go. The postgame quote, Maryland, Mark Turgeon said they did not have an inbounds play yet. Now, and I know this is kind of a little bit out there. Didn't one of Maryland's assistants get in trouble for coaching the team when he wasn't supposed to? Um, that sounds like something that could happen, although I don't was, think... Wasn't that it, why Matt Brady got suspended? Was it? I think it was something like that, but regardless, how much, pra- how much practice time has this team had? Yeah, they've already been... Is only four-star, by the way. They've on, already been the in late-game situations this season. And Mark Turgeon or Matt Brady or Kevin Broadus or Bino or anybody, anybody on that bench, even the players couldn't say hey coach maybe we should you know try and get a quick set off the inbound off the inbound it doesn't even have to be a late game play it just has to be let's try and get you know a quick score off the inbound maybe that will be a good idea not one time this year no one said that or if they did somehow the coaches ignored it that just disappoints me as a Maryland fan and frankly as a basketball fan as a basketball fan as you know Mason I watch a lot of basketball and it's just, 
I don't know how you don't have a, some sort of creativity to get the ball to one of your two super big men. I don't know how the play is to bury Anthony Count in the corner. You know, and I'm, Anthony. Speaking of which, Anthony Count was had a rough night. We didn't really talk yeah. about that yet. Yeah, but he got ISOed a lot due to the plays just not developing. He got ISOed a lot, so I don't really blame Cowan that much for it. I mean, there is some, but not as much as some people want to give him. Now, generally, I have a problem with the Twitter coaches. Jordan, I'm sure you know what I mean by the Twitter coaches. Yeah, I do. But the amount of plays on the last by the last sequence that I saw on Twitter that was like, yep, that would have been better than Maryland. Yep, that would have been better than Maryland. I mean, that just... It disappoints me a little bit. It's not like you could see a play and it just didn't work. Purdue, like, jumped the route, pretty much jumped the route like it's football or anything. It was just, I I just don't even know how to describe it. It was, like, so far beyond what I would imagine to be not working that it just, it shocks me almost. Like, how is that the play? I just don't understand it, and really, I don't have an explanation for it. I don't either. I, I think that Anthony Cowan was put on an island the entire game. That is true. The fact is, I think Turgeon kind of coaches Ant, like he's Mellow Trimble still. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate truth is Anthony Cowan is like 5'10", and he doesn't have the same shooting stroke that Mellow had. And no. Uh, we just we he it's like he relies on him to bail him out of situations where he doesn't know what to do. I think it's a fair assessment at this point. He's yeah. all, he's had this complex for a while, whether it be Terrell Stoglin, Mel Trimble, or Kevin Herter last year, that he just relies on guards to make their own plays, and that's not going to work when you play good defense. Yeah, I would agree with that, and really, there's no other place to leave it. We are, I mean, that's it. That's that's the unfortunate truth that it is at this point. The Terps will take on Loyola Chicago tomorrow at 4. And, I mean, hopefully they'll get a win. But Loyola Chicago is a really well-coached team that I'm sure they, they look at the Purdue film. If they get that chance, they can figure out a lot of things to do to stop Maryland. Jordan, anything else on basketball? Uh, um, Bruno almost got another double-double. Nine points, 13 rebounds. Other than that. I'm out of positives. As am I. And now let's get to Dave LaMonaco. But before that, this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. If you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know their way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are always the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831, and tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Now we bring in Dave Lamonico onto the podcast. Dave, how does it feel to be the only guest from outside of the Turp Talk family to make three appearances on the Young Turps podcast. <laughs> I always appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> Mason. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, what, what you guys got for me today? 
So, Dave, it's been a huge week around the DMV for recruiting. Maryland, of course, bringing on Mike Loxley as their head coach. And just in general, what do you think the long-term effect of Loxley at Maryland is going to be? Well, it's obviously going to depend if, if, if as it was under D.J. Durkin, as it was under Randy Etzel, any other coach. It's always going to depend on if you win. Um, now, Loxley can talk all he wants about locking down the DMV, which he thinks he can do. Um, Mike Loxley, he thinks that he can get every recruit, and you know, hopefully he can. We'll see what happens um, for Maryland purposes. But it's going to depend on how much they produce on the field and if they can win. Because um, as I've posted and, and, and said, you know, it's this area is very – it's not like Pennsylvania kids growing up there wanting to go to Penn State or kids in Ohio and the Midwest – Growing up, wanting to go to Michigan, Ohio State. Here, it's a very transient area. The kids here do not grow up loving Maryland football. They want to see a winner, and you know um, they do love Michael Oxley. Um, but at the end of the day, Maryland's going to finish second or third for these top tier recruits unless they can prove that they can win. So it's going to depend. Uh, the outlook is good, but they've got to produce the results on the field. They got to get the big. They got to at least get to a bowl game next year. And they've got to prove to these recruits that Maryland truly is moving in the right direction. But the outlook is definitely good if they can, if, you know, if, if they can get over the hump and at least get to a bowl next year. So, Dave, I think one of the things people talk about a lot with Mike Foxley is rapport he has with high school coaches in the right. area. How much is that really worth to a program like Maryland? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, he he has not just coaches but trainers which are big because you've seen some schools where they're pro Maryland, but the, the kids, the, the, the trainers that they go to are in their ears. Um, and I'm not going to list those specific programs, but people that are privy to what, what's happening, they know what I'm talking about, um, have gotten kids ears and have steered them away from the turfs and things like that. So it's not just the local high school coaches. It's all the power brokers that are in that DMV area. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are in kids ears around here. That's, that's how the area works. Um, especially in PG County, the D.C. area, um, in Baltimore as well. Um, so uh, he has relationships with a lot of those guys, and they're very strong relationships and good relationships. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a huge thing. Now, it's ultimately up to the kids where they want to go to school, and it's very difficult to turn down Alabama or, or Ohio State when they come calling, but it's, it, it should definitely affect and have a, a positive influence on Maryland with his relationships. Dave, when you were talking about the trainers, it actually reminded me of something funny that I heard this past week during the NFL games, which was they were talking about, I forget who it was, they someone who had a center coach since they were eight years old. So that just kind of shows how big the trainer can be because talking about a guy that could have been there before high school and a guy that could be there after. So the trainer Oh, yeah, yeah. You look, is, at, the, you look at the quarterback coaches around here. Um, there's DB coaches that, that – that are outside of the high school teams that that are that that train a, a large contingent of kids that don't even play for the same high school team. They just all get together and they, they go to the same trainer for DBs, for QBs, for offensive linemen, and things like that. And and um, in some ways, those trainers even have more of an influence on those kids than than the high school coaches do, and the assistant coaches at the high schools. So um, it's it's just as important to have relationships with those trainers as it is the coaches. So, Dave, let's get down to business. A lot of guys are committed as of today with that early signing period coming up, but who could Maryland flip before, is it next week? 
um, December, I think it's the 19th, or is it the 14th or the 19th? I, I got to look at the, the date on that for the early signing period. Um, I think it's the 19th. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're going to get, they're, they're going to get a couple. Um, they're going to, we're going to see exactly how many, um, you know, it, it just depends. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to bank on them getting any of the kids that are currently committed to Alabama, just because I think there's this, this unspoken thing between Michael Oxley and Nick Saban that they, um, they probably don't want to touch those kids unless that, unless Nick gives his, uh, his blessing, which I think he might for like a guy like Keelan Robinson, the running back of the St. John's, which I'm not sure that Nick Saban ever would have taken if it was not for Michael Oxley being there in the first place. So that might be a kid that, that they can get at that's currently committed to Alabama. Um, I, you know, the names DeMarco Hellams and Shane Lee and Darian Dalcourt are tossed around. I'm not sure that I see those kids flipping the Maryland right now. I think that, that, that Nick Saban likes all three of those guys. And I think that, 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 um, Loxley might leave them alone. We'll see if that, that remains true. Neither of those guys, none of the, none of the MIA or WC schools, um, well, I guess St. Francis is, isn't in the MIA anymore, but, um, I don't think that those kids are enrolling early anyway. So there's time, but I'm not sure that I see Maryland flipping them regardless. Um, but some of the kids that I can get, like I said, Keelan Robinson, um, the big one is Isaiah Hazel, the wide receiver from Wise, which is where DeLon Parrish, uh, the coach, um, you know, he was at the press conference for Loxley and has been rumored to uh, be a, a candidate to be on Maryland staff. Um, you know, uh, that, that's where his receiver uh, goes, Isaiah Hazel. Um, he's committed to West Virginia. He was a guy that had Maryland and West Virginia's final two, and he chose the, and he chose the, um, the Mountaineers. Um, he wanted to go to Alabama because of Loxley originally. And now that Loxley's at Maryland, the natural connection is that he's going to follow Loxley to Maryland. Maryland doesn't really need receivers like, like they do some other positions, but that would be a good kid to get. He's a four-star kid, so it's always a good addition. Um, and then uh, the other one is Nick Cross, who's currently committed to Florida State. Now, Nick says that he's staying there at Florida State, but we'll, we'll see. When Loxley gets in his ear, does in-home visits, We'll see if, um, again, he's a Dematic kid with WCAC, so those kids cannot sign early because that's how those, those schools go down the WCAC. So he's going to be dragging it out. So we're going to see if Loxley can flip uh, the safety Nick Cross from Florida State, which we think is a pretty good possibility, even though Nick says that he's staying with Florida State. Um, other than that, it's just going to depend. Um, we're going to see, like, Traymond Marsh, Brash at St. John's, the defensive end. He's uncommitted. We're going to see, you know, he's looking at Florida – and, and, you know, I think Oklahoma as well. But, you know, Maryland's sort of, you know, we're, we're assuming that Loxley's going to get in there because he has a good relationship with St. John's. He can maybe get him. Um, he's uncommitted. Joseph Wete, who is currently committed to Oklahoma, he's a kid of Gonzaga in D.C. Um, you know, he's never really talked about Maryland, never really mentioned Maryland much. He kind of wanted to get away. But Loxley recruited them hard at Alabama and knows him well. So we're seeing if, if they can possibly get his ear too. Um, and I can go one and one and one. It depends how, many, how much you want me to talk here, Mason. I can go to talk about some of the kids. So you just let me know. <laughs> yeah, and that just um, well, you can continue keep going with that because yeah, yeah, yeah that's I'll what. Keep going. I but mean, Hunter Stewart, Hunter Stewart, a Joseph Wetty's um, teammate. He's a linebacker at Gonzaga. He's currently committed to Virginia. 
Um, you know, uh, he's a guy that Maryland recruited, but sort of backed off of a little bit. But, you know, they have very little linebacker depth. So it's very possible that Loxley could take a look at him. I mean, he recruit—he didn't, Loxley didn't actively recruit him out of Alabama. He wasn't that good, but he's definitely good enough for Maryland and somebody that they could possibly take a look at. He's currently committed to UVA. Again, Gonzaga WC school, the kid is not signing early. So they have time to recruit him. Um, Taquan Johnson, the kid that's currently committed to Clemson. He's a defensive tackle. Three-star guy. Um, he's a guy that Clemson is like so-so when if they lose him, it's not a huge deal. He's pretty good, but not somebody that you know Clemson's going to lose sleep over. Um, Loxley could possibly flip him. He's from Williamsport, which is a small school in Western Maryland. If uh, people aren't familiar, um, you know he could pop. But that's another possibility for them. Quentin Johnson, who's a high three-star, borderline four-star kid, athlete, receiver, strong safety, corner, nickel nickel type of guy kind of like an Antoine Brooks out of St. John's as well Uh, Maryland actively recruited him and came very close to landing him before Michigan came in with a late offer and he committed to Michigan Um, but he's a kid that that Loxley looked at in Alabama and likes and he could possibly get his ear as well again I'm not banking on some of these St. John's kids flipping um, but um, this is a guy that Loxley will definitely be on and hopefully get out for an official visit or something like that. And at St. John's, another WC, WCAC school, cannot sign early. So he has time to get on him as well. Um, and then as for corners, uh, corners, uh, they need corners, but I don't really see anybody in the DMV they can get. Um, that, that's really on the, you know, that, that, that's really uh, the, the cornerback position, the offensive line position, it's going to be tough. Um, there's not too many available in the DMV, but you know, obviously, Mike is going to be active in the JUCO ranks, the transfer ranks, and things like that. And then he can possibly bring in some guys that are immediately eligible um, mm-hmm. that, that 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 can transfer or that that he can get from JUCO that that would um, be more ready to play immediately on from offensive linemen and uh, from maybe a quarterback standpoint. So, Dave, when you talk about Loxley, it seems like. While he's a great recruiter everywhere, it's really based here. Who do you think Maryland's going to bring in on this staff that will recruit elsewhere? Because when you talk about the linemen, as you just said, you know that's more of a Midwest, Ohio, Pennsylvania thing. It's not so much a DMV thing. Who are they going to get to recruit outside of here? Wait, one, more, one more thing to add on to that question is we've heard a lot about potentially bringing in um, Elijah Brooks from DeMatha or maybe some other high school coaches in the area. Is there any truth to that? On top of yeah, what yeah, yeah, said. yeah. Elijah, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth or say anything, but yeah, Elijah looks like um, obviously Demathic coach, very successful there. Um, he looks like he's going to be in line for a job, um, probably as an analyst. Um, and then there, there's been a few other names that have been tossed around. The Long Parish, like I said, from Wise, Henry Russell from St. Francis, um, you know, and, and a couple others. Uh, that have been tossed around out there as, as possibilities, but it looks like they're going to br- try to bring at least two high school coaches from around the area that are that, that would start as analysts and then have a chance to be position coaches to answer that question. And then what was the uh, the other one was um, about um, who will be who do you yeah. think will take over recruiting outside the DMV because Loxley seems really DMV yeah, well, centric. It's going to depend. It's going to depend who they all bring in. There's been rumored. There's been names that have been rumored like crazy. Uh, hopefully, they can keep. If they can keep Chris Beatty on, um, which is a possibility, uh, maybe as an offensive coordinator, um, if they can keep him on, then he obviously has connections in Florida and the Tampa area. 
that can recruit that. Uh, he does very well down there, and obviously Virginia Beach, where he's from, um, that would be one. But beyond that, it's just going to depend on uh, who Loxley is able to bring in. We've heard Denard Wilson for defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know a ton about Denard beyond what he did in the NFL and what he did for Maryland. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know he's with the Jets right now, but the, I have no idea what he's able to do recruiting-wise. And then some of the other names that have been rumored, um, we just got to see. It's going to depend on, on who they bring in and, and uh, what they're able to do in that respect. Um, so that's up in the air right now. So what's going on with Azar Abdul Rahim, by the way? Because yeah, a lot of people yeah, are saying so, he's getting calls from other places. Yeah, yeah. Morgan State and Howard were the two two that have been talked about with Azar. Um, not sure he wants to take those jobs or not. Um, but my my feeling is that him and Loxley will would not fit well together on the same staff. Now maybe they they talk and that changes, but my my personal feeling is that that's not going to work. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, I, I don't really have too much more to say on that. Um, uh, you know, Azar I think is a great person, great coach. I've always respected him as well as Mike. Um, not sure that I see them on the same staff, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, Lox is meeting with all the coaches this week, so. Yeah, well, I guess my Jordan, you got Mason. Jordan. Yeah, uh, my other question. I don't know how much you know about this one, Dave. You might not know any more than I do. But what do you think is next for Matt Canada? What, what about Matt Canada? What, what about him now? Um, what do you think is next for him? Because I heard he interviewed for Louisville. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I honestly haven't followed because I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's not coming back to Maryland, and I haven't honestly followed the other positions that he's been interviewed for or looking at. Um, after I, after I heard that, that you know, I haven't really followed up on on where he might land next. But that, that's what the guy does. I mean, he hops around every year or two and finds a job at a, either a name program or a power five program at some place. That, that's what he does. So. <laughs> so it would not, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you brought up any name to, you know, to have him in the conversation for a job. So Dave, I've been hearing about a guy, kind of a blast from the past guy, Joshua Kano. His name's been thrown around yeah. as a possible transfer to Maryland. Any truth to that well, one? I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, you've got to look at, like I said, like I said, Loxley is going to going to hit anybody that he knows that he has relationships with or had relationships in the past. That's what the guy does. Um, now, whether it's realistic or not, we got to see. Because um, not every kid is going to be receptive to it and, and things like that. But yeah, Josh Kando is a, is, a, is a guy that, you know, he recruited before. And that could be a possibility at Florida State defensive end. Um, had Maryland in his final two or three schools and opted for Florida State. Um, he could be a potential guy to boomerang back, um, you know, and obviously the big name is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, the graduate at, uh, at Alabama, where they didn't get him, that, that looks like a strong possibility more than anything to get him to transfer back or not, not transfer back, but, um, Loxley could possibly bring him from Alabama. Um, but yeah, Kando is one, um, you know, if you look around, you just look around the country to the guys that, that Loxley has ties to. And uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna hit them all up for for trips. That's what he that's what he does. <laughs> so we'll see exactly who was able to bring in. It's too early to say. You know this guy is definitely going to going to happen. But yeah, I mean it makes sense that he's gonna he's gonna try to go after Joshua Kando. So one of the other names, not a recruit, mind you, but one of the names flipping back and forth 
the last couple of days oh. is Josh Gaddis from Alabama, the wide receivers coach. You know what's going on yeah, over there? Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people have been asking me about that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Again, we, we got to see. I, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I see it, but, you know, <laughs> there have been stranger things that have happened. So I, 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 it would be a big get for Maryland. I'm not sure I see it, but we'll, we'll see. But let's put it that way. I, I, <laughs> I really don't have too much more to say about that. <laughs> if you want to take some words out of this whole thing that just uh, described everything that's happened, wait and see. That's it, Dave, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the name yeah. of the game. Wait and see because, because everybody's asking, like, what's going to happen here? What do you predict here? And, you know, Locksley even said this part. He's going to take a deliberate approach to this. He's going he's gonna to sit there and bet his options. He's going to interview guys and then – and then go from there and see what, and, and then he's going to, you know, and we'll see what happens. Because everybody's saying, you know, as soon as he gets on board, you know, we're going to get this recruit, this recruit, this recruit. And and we're going to get, or Maryland's going to get this coach, this coach, this coach. You know, <laughs> we, we've heard this before, you know. it's let, let, Let's see what happens. Let, let's give it some time. Let's see what actually happens here. Because there's always hype. And all this stuff coming out immediately when there's a coach hired at any school, not just Maryland, but any school. You hire a new coach, you bring him in, and we're like, okay, and, and people are like, okay, so here's these connections to this coach, and you know, we could possibly get this guy, this guy. It doesn't matter who it is, what program it is, and that's what we're all talking about now. And that's everybody's, you know, jumping to conclusions. We'll see if it actually transpires. Let, let's let's. Let's let it settle. Let's you know. Let, let's see what happens with, with the bowl game. Because remember, he's still coaching, um, you know, for Alabama against Oklahoma coming up here in the bowl game and the the, the, the college football championship. So, you know, <laughs> let, let, let's let's take us let, let's take a step back. Let's see what's what, what's going to happen here. But it looked it looks positive. It looks it looks good for the future. But I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Maryland's going to be, you know, top of the Big Ten East in the next year or two. Right. So. Mm-hmm. All right. One more. Mason already talked about this, Dave. But one more before you go. What was that last four minutes in the basketball game last night? Uh, what was what, what about the basketball game last night? I said, what was, the, what was those last four minutes in the basketball game last night? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know I'm going to tell you, what really bothered, what kind of bothered me more than anything was when, um, when I was reading um, Turgeon's posting quotes, and he said that, you know, because it was a young team, he didn't have um, time to install the out of bounds plays yes. um, to, to deal with that. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, um, this isn't high school basketball. This is major Division One, you know, power college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? That, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, I'm not sure why they have not been able to figure out his bounds place for the past, like, I don't know, a few years <laughs> since they've had mm-hmm. problems with that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, they, you know, they, they, they played well defensively most of the game. I'm not going to blame them for guys getting hot from three. Um, that, that happens against Purdue. I mean, you did pretty well defensively the whole game. Um, the offensive sets were, were off the entire night. It was, it was just, I mean, if you can call them offensive sets because really they're, wasn't much of an offense. Uh, some of that's credit to Purdue, but there really was a lack of creativity. Um, you know, you subbed out, you subbed out Smith and Fernando there in the first half for and put in Josh Chimaich, which made very little sense. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It, it wasn't a great, it, it wasn't a great, uh, great showing for Maryland, even though they only lost by two. So, <laughs> 
So, Dave, last one. Mm-hmm. And from the game last night, it seemed like it was one of those games where Maryland needed like that mellow Trimble figure or Kevin Herter or someone that was just going to be like, I'm the guy to shoot this ball yeah, well, in that Anthony situation. Was trying to, Anthony was trying to do that the entire game, right? I mean, he, I think <laughs> I'm not sure what – what the time of possession was, him with the ball versus the rest of the team, but it must have been. <laughs> it must have been. I mean, that, that's what he was trying to do. Um, you know, they're, they're still trying to find that guy um, that can be that finisher. I mean, it's probably Bruno Fernando, but for whatever reason, he couldn't. I mean, he only had nine points. Um, they couldn't find him inside, and he wasn't able to get going. Um, but, yeah, um, you need. I guess, I guess you kind of need a guard to be able to do that, but... For this team, it's probably Fernando that's your most reliable option, and you know you got to get the ball into him and let him do his thing. Yeah. And that is Dave Lamonico. And Dave, before you go, tell all the young Terps fans out there where they can find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, TerrapinTimes.com, um, and then uh, Twitter is at mdterrapintimes. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot, Dave. Go Terps. Thanks, guys. <laughs> And that was Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times. It's always good to talk with Dave about Maryland recruiting. Yeah, Dave always knows his stuff. And I did not know we were in the running for so many people. But that's, what, that's why Mike Loxley is here, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's why. That's what this Loxley and his staff that we talked about a little bit is going to do. They're going to recruit this area. They're going to go for everybody. And that's what I liked about what Dave said. He said they're going for everybody that, you know, Loxley has a connection to. They're going to reach out to them, and they're going to see what they get, you know, obviously on the clock. But I did actually, I did not know about that WCAC rule and the Baltimore League rule that you can't sign in the early signing period. Uh, I, I did not either. And that's a pretty big deal, I suppose especially now that we have locks and we can make a push for these guys because they're going to be open until February. So I hope we make the moves, and I'm really interested to see who the staff is going to be for the football team. As am I, and as the news breaks, we'll welcome Dave back on. Jordan, he's starting to get a... He's starting to really uh, stretch his lead out at uh, three appearances on the podcast. Yeah, I might need to get some other guys around try to get it back up and make it a competition again. Yeah, I mean, Don Don already's brought up the the McDonald's rule that he's um trying to get past on the Young Turfs podcast. So now I guess we owe Dave some some food down the road. Uh, that's got to be a new thing, Mason. You know, I'm not in town all the time. I, can, I don't know if I can pitch in on that. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Young Turfs podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates of Rockville. If you're looking for a website, e-commerce, or just a website that people can find your business on, Viner Four Gates is a place to get it from. You can reach Viner Four Gates at 301-251-2900. That's Viner Four Gates for all your website needs. Ally Party Rentals, they're your place to go for all of your party rental needs. They have it all from dance floors to DJs to knives and forks and dishware they got it all at ally party rentals you can visit their website at alliedpartyrentals.com jordan you were getting on it we about it the other day when you wanted to buy something and then i looked up the reviews and i said we're definitely not going to get that one and that is what i did when i was looking for a place to get my car serviced and maryland euro cars was the place to take it five stars on yelps five star 
on Google reviews. They're truly five-star place, and they really take that to heart. Christian at Maryland Eurocars really runs that place with that five-star mindset. They're the place to go to take your Audi, BMW, Mercedes. They do a bunch more other makes and models, and you can reach them at 301-217-5831. That's Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Jordan, any last words on the podcast? Hopefully we can get some basketball season going here because I'm getting tired of talking about football at this point. I'm never tired of talking about football. I love it. And you know, Jordan, you're not going to get that because football is definitely going to stick in the news. There's just there's so much excitement. The ticket sales are doing well. Just everything seems to be coming together for football after what was a, just a crazy year. I believe it when I see it. I'm just ready to talk about basketball now. And hey, the frost season's coming up too. How far is that now? What, a couple months? Yeah, just a couple months away till that frigid February start. But we'll be out there at all the games, including Maryland, Loyal, Chicago, and from Baltimore tomorrow. I'll be out there, Wayne, with Wayne and Bruce and Jordan. I'm sure you'll be watching from Fargo while you're studying for your finals. I don't know. I got I got an MAC playoff game tomorrow. Okay, so that's what you will be doing. Yes, I would rather watch that than Maryland Loyal Chicago. And that's a wrap for the 76th episode of the Young Terps podcast. Again, thanks to Dave Lamonico for joining Jordan and I on this podcast. And we'll be back sometime next week. And as always, thanks for listening.